Job chapter 30, verses 20 through 23. I cry out to you, O God, but you do not answer. I stand up, but you merely look at me. You turn on me ruthlessly. With the might of your hand, you attack me. You snatch me up and drive me before the wind. You toss me about in the storm. I know you will bring me down to death, to the place appointed for all the living. I think that the uh, the uninitiated person who dives into the book of Job, uh, I think it doesn't take long to figure out what's this all about. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Job is kind of the embodiment of human suffering. Uh, I mean, not embodiment so much as like a, a picture of human suffering where there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason for it. It seems capricious. And he feels totally abandoned. And he was he was a good person. Eric, you point out in your in the devotional that as the reader of Job, we know the beginning of the story. We know this whole thing was a you know conversation between God and Satan. And um, then you in your devotional pointed also to the end of the story. You pointed to the cross and how it foreshadows the cross. And uh I, I, there's a scripture that's coming to my mind, which is similar, and it's Romans eight twenty eight. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. That sentence in Romans 8 was written to people who were going through a terrible time, you know, like almost like a Jobian time. They were being persecuted for being Christians in Rome. And yet, Paul says, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. It's a good reminder for us that though we suffer, though we go through trial and persecution, um, God is telling a story. He, he knows the beginning. He will bring it all to completion in the end. And as you point out here, we need to look no further than the cross of Christ to see that when the worst persecution, the worst trial is occurring, there might just be purpose in that pain. There might be a story that's going to be told that doesn't end in death, it doesn't end in persecution, but it ends in resurrection and it ends in eternal victory in God. These are just really helpful reminders, especially to those people around the world who are being persecuted now. Um, I, I trust that Christ draws near to them in their pain and says, you know what? I know how this feels. I know how this feels. And there is an end to this story um, that is good because God is good. What is the line that you uh, read from Romans? Was it Romans 8? Romans eight twenty eight. Yeah, Romans eight twenty eight. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. I want to just uh, kind of end this on the, the last part of that because I, I think it's really important. For those who are called according to mm-hmm. his purpose. Mm-hmm. How do you read that? Well, um, those who are called by name, those who are predestined by him and to, of his pur- to his purposes of bringing about his redemption story through the timeline of history. Right. It, it's, it's a... I think it's a, a, a line like this, which is extremely well known, okay, mm-hmm. it, it's quoted by many people, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the last part of it, I, I, I think for some is going to be a stumbling block because I, I think one of the revelations to me over the last few years is that the Bible is God's story and we're in it, but we don't control it. We're in the story. We're playing a part in the story and we have choices to what part we want to play. Uh, we can play the miscreant, we can play the Absalom, or we can play the, the David. But even David is, a, is, you know, David, you know, gets away from God's purpose for David. And in David's own lifetime, David doesn't know God's ultimate purpose, which is Jesus Christ mm. and the salvation mm. for mm. those who know God and, and turn right. to him. So those who are called according to his purpose may not be known to us today. Right, I think it's totally. a mistake to start defining God's purpose in terms of your life or my life, yeah. Stanwich Church. I mean, mm-hmm. we have to live in faith that we yeah. are are operating within God's purpose, not ours, yeah. his. Yeah. And that's why I, I wanted to bring that up because to me, that's great. I don't think I ever... Uh, a, a few years ago, I would not have been able to re, re uh, I would have glossed over this. I didn't want to hear this mm. because it was my purpose, you know, the, my doing this, my doing that. I think I matured a great deal now, in my thinking about this, in understanding that I am learning about myself, but so indirectly that it's not defining where I'm going to end up in life. Or mm-hmm. that all these good things are going to happen to me because I'm a good per- person, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. But it is actually God had a purpose for me from the beginning. And by the grace of God, I recognized what that purpose was, even though at that time mm-hmm. I didn't know what that meant. Mm-hmm. 